Spring is here and baseball is back. You can't forget the Derby. I love the hats. Do you have yours yet? My hat? I treated myself to a whole outfit. If you want to be able to treat yourself, then you should check out the Nest Savings Account at LGE Community Credit Union, where they want you to reach your savings goals faster. Take it from a pair of 680 The Fan wives. Head to lgeccu.org to find out what makes their team number one in Georgia. Are you working? What kind of work do you do? This is the Punt and Pass Podcast. Touchdown! 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 Georgia! Now, here are your host, two-time All-American punter, Drew Butler. Drew Butler, leader in the country in punts 49-plus. See if he booms this one. He does. Wow! And Rose Bowl, Sugar Bowl, and SEC championship winning quarterback, Jake Fromm. Flea Flicker to get the night started. Downfield looking for Godwin. Into his hands. And guess which dogs are barking first? Now with the latest from around the SEC and the world of college football, it's the Punt and Pass Podcast. Dogs are winners. A national championship for a new generation of Bulldogs. Victory is mine, yeah, surprisingly, I've been lame, waiting for your next mistake. I put in work and watch my status escalate. The cornballs get stonewalled. Welcome in to the Punt and Pass podcast. I'm your host, Drew Butler, joined alongside by my co-host, Jake From. Be sure to follow us on social media at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Drew Butler. He's at From Jake, puntandpass.com the number one destination for all things college football. We are headed to week eight. That's right, week seven in the books. Crazy how fast the season is going on. Georgia heads into a bye week. They're still undefeated. They're still ranked number one in the nation. But I don't know for how much longer. A lot of storylines and news to break down as we recap what was week seven. Jake Fromm, what's up, my man? Man, what's going on? Gosh, week eight, Georgia goes to the bye. That means Florida's coming up next. Yes, sir. Just trying to stay along with our NFL schedule, man. It's flying by, dude. We're already in the middle of October. Slow down a little bit. Weather's changing. Dude, it's a great day to be alive. How about the weather in Atlanta, Georgia today? We're recording this on a Monday. It was a crispy 55 degrees. The wind was whipping. I might have been outside. It was not warm. I can tell you that much. A little chilly, but no complaints here. Fall is in the air. You know what that means? That means the holidays are right around the corner. So what do you need to do? You need to head on over to Solomon Brothers Jewelers and take care of your holiday gifts for your significant other or anybody else who may be special in your life. Solomon Brothers Jewelers, Buckhead and Alpharetta. You know the locations right by now. Just past the Avalon and Alpharetta, 17th floor tower place in Buckhead. It's the store for anyone with any budget, the largest diamond and jewelry inventory in the Southeast. If you walk in and mention the Punt and Pass podcast or myself or Jake, you can get 10% off your jewelry purchase. Check out their amazing selection at Solomon Brothers on Instagram. Also at SolomonBrothers.com, the lowest prices on the highest quality jewelry and diamonds guaranteed and an amazing watch selection as well. I'm saying that because I know we have a couple of female listeners out there. If your significant other needs a holiday gift, head on into Solomon Brothers and get your man a watch. Jaron and the crew at Solomon Brothers have an amazing selection for you to make this holiday the most special one. SolomonBrothers.com, at Solomon Brothers on Instagram. All right, Georgia beats Vanderbilt 37-20 to on the road in Nashville. We can talk about a lot from the stadium being completely under construction 
to Georgia getting ready in a tent in a parking lot to the scoreboard hanging from a crane. But I think the number one thing that needs to be discussed is what happened during the game. That, of course, being Brock Bowers injured, high ankle sprain, comes out today. He's getting tightrope procedure. Fascinating to me, Jake. This is the third Georgia player to get, quote, tightrope procedure so far this season. Brock Bowers joins Amarius Mims and Lawson Lucky. I'm old. I'm washed up. I know these things. But when you had a high ankle sprain when I played, you did not get tightrope procedure. Jake, enlighten me. Dude, I wish I could. I'm so unfamiliar with this uh, procedure. Um, but, I mean, before we get into that, man, I just – I hate it for Brock. It sucks, man. He's having a great season, uh, really just kind of putting his stamp on his college football career. Um, you know, he's still going to go down as as obviously one of the best Georgia players to ever play. But I, I think the way he finished could have really started to make that next leap, you know, one, Absolutely. two, maybe three. I mean, just, just the player he is and the – the impact that he has on the game. So I don't know if you know anything about this tightrope procedure. I don't, man. I just know it doesn't sound good. Anytime you mention surgery along with a high ankle sprain. Yeah. So the timeout is an expected three to six weeks. Obviously Georgia has the buy. Then they play Florida. Then they play Missouri. Then they play Ole Miss. Then they play Tennessee. I mean, this is the gauntlet that gauntlet, Georgia yeah. needs to get through in order to keep all their goals and hopes and dreams alive for a potential three-peat for a back-to-back SEC championship. You said you don't know much about tightrope procedure. Neither do I. I saw an account that I follow on Twitter at John Tweet Sports. He put out a video or retweeted a video of what this procedure is. And I don't want to get too technical here, but essentially what you do is you make a small incision and you are threading needle or or something. I mean, I'm not a doctor, so don't take me seriously when I say this, but you're making microscopic holes in the tib and fib and you're threading something in between the two and like tightening it up when you pull it out. It's crazy. Go look at the video. I know that probably does not come across very well through the audio format, (laughs) but there's a reason why they're doing this, right? It's because if you can come back from a high ankle sprain in three to six and you don't have that lingering effect of a high ankle sprain, then I guess it's worth it. When you hear high ankle sprain, even if you get it in week two, most likely, Jake, and you can probably attest to this, you're going to be dealing with it through week 15 or through the end of the season because that's just the reality of the situation. Now, you mentioned Brock Bowers and how unfortunate it is that this may or may not be the end of his season and his career at Georgia. His impact on the field is immeasurable. We all know that. His production is second to none. I would argue that his impact, without him even having to get the football, is just as important because what it does is it commands so much respect from the defense. They have to know where he is. It allows a play caller like coach Bobo to use him as a decoy to open up so many other things that the offense can do. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, you look at, I'm going to kind of make some comparisons here, but kind of the Miami dolphins right now in the NFL, like they have Tyree kill, they have Jalen Waddle. Um, they have the running back. I mean, they just have so much speed on the field and it just commands so much respect from a defense, from a defensive coordinator, how he's going to call things. Um, they're going to want to try to keep everything in front. Um, and, and, in a, in a similar way that the defenses are going to try to do that too with Georgia and with Brock there. But when he's not there, like who's that guy they're looking to to say, Hey, we, we got to stop this guy. Cause this guy could hurt us. So, 
they're going to be able to, to free up and, and do a few more things on defense. Um, I believe uh, I'd be curious to see what um, what changes as far as looks of what kind of looks they're going to get, what kind of defensive fronts, what kind of coverages, uh, maybe different pressures. I don't know, um, but his his impact is definitely going to be missed. Who makes up for that impact? Um, who makes up for Brock Bowers not being there? I mean, Oscar Delp obviously got activated as the game went on against Vanderbilt. Uh, we'll get to the defense in just a second. We'll get to the kind of sloppy nature of the game in a second as well. But I think it's Carson Beck. Like, dude, it's time to step up. We're going into week eight. You got a bye week. You know that you're not going to have Brock Bowers at your availability for the next couple of weeks. This is your offense. I think Dejan Edwards has done a fantastic job carrying the load uh, from the running back perspective. There are plenty of wide receivers. Where do you go from here? Who needs to step up in order to say, okay, this is where we're going to kind of fill the void for Brock Bowers, even if that's not even possible. Yeah, I mean, one definitely jumps off to me is Lad McConkey. Yeah, like get get healthy because he's always there on third down. The he is the the key, the number one read in the progression on third down. Um, so he's got to pick up um, kind of a lot of that load, um, be ready to roll. So hopefully he gets healthy. Yeah, I think so too. Um, and you know, the defense, the defense needs to force some more turnovers, I think, give the offense a couple more opportunities to put the ball in the end zone. But those are all wishes, all right? You have to do it on the field, and it starts with converting on third downs. It starts with taking care of the football. It starts with starting fast, and that's not what Georgia did against Vanderbilt last week. A lot of soft zone to start the game, Jake, which was very interesting to me. I thought with the talent that Vanderbilt has on their offense and how they wanted to throw the ball to start the game, are you telling me that our DBs can't line up a man, press those dudes off the line of scrimmage and say, go try to beat us? It was just interesting to see how Georgia's game plan started on the defensive side of the ball because with that soft weak zone, they were hitting the slants, going and finding space and getting in the end zone. It was kind of just a, an interesting start to the game for Georgia. Yeah, yeah, I, I would have to say so. It was one I wasn't really expecting, honestly. Uh, it, it really, really kind of shocked me of, of how good they were just dinking and dunking, so to speak. I mean, uh, quarterback was playing well, man. He was he was finding those holes in those zones, and um, he was getting there on time when when the hole in the zone uh, presented itself. So, um, and they they schemed uh, schemed him up pretty good um, and executed very well. Uh, hit the slant route. I mean, it was it was a stacked. Um, you know, they were in a stack. Those two receivers out there, but they they weren't really close enough to really call it a stack and it kind of got the DBs uh, messed up one matched uh, and he slipped, uh, slipped underneath and uh, was able to find a very big hole in his own. So um, yeah, not, not ideal, a uh, great way to start, but um, anytime that something bad happens on defense, they usually respond uh, and they have a whole bye week to figure that, figure that out and to uh, get yelled at by old coach <laughs> yeah. Kirby Smart. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Any reasons to be worried about Florida? Uh, they woke up late in the fourth quarter against South Carolina, scored 41 points. Graham Mertz has actually been putting together a pretty solid season as Florida's quarterback. You know there would make nothing. They, nobody would be happier than Billy oh, yeah. Napier to somehow find a way to knock off Kirby Smart and the Georgia Bulldogs. Is that even in the realm of possibility with Brock Bowers now being out? Dude, I don't know. All I've seen on my Twitter feed today is Graham Mertz, and he's got more passing yards than so and so, more yeah. more or as many touchdowns as so and so. They're they're cooking it at the right time. Like they're they're heating up. 
Um, let's see what they do after this buy and, and see if they can stay in a role. But I, I mean, I, it, this isn't uh, hey, we're going to steam past the roll past these guys. I mean, we're going to have to show up and play um, and execute and play well. So play some good complimentary football. Um, and we need the defense to step up too. Let's get to the quarterback uh, to help the DBs out. Uh, and let's, let's man some guys up and then play a little macho ball. No doubt. I think like that's where the, the mind shift is going to have to go to Georgia's team, especially with Brock being out. I mean, that's going to be yep. the storyline. No Brock Bowers. How are you going to fix that Line up. Go whoop the man across from you. I think you'll see a lot more of that style of play towards the second half of the season. Bye week coming at a great time. Got to get some guys healthy. Lab McConkey to start. Let everybody get off their feet a little bit. You know, collect what you've done in the first seven games. Take a break. Assess all that. Look forward to what you can do in the next five weeks because this is where champions are made. So fascinating. One side note, Georgia's won five and one against the spread. Let me just say one thing, okay? If Georgia scores first, they're going to cover the game. It's just like what they do. They're, they're going to cover the game. If they score first, they get off to a little lead. They're off to the races. They're going to do okay. If they don't score first, if they start slow, they're not covering the game. You can make a wager on Georgia and know if that wager is going to win or lose literally in the first seven minutes of the game. It's maddening. It's frustrating. Okay. I'm just saying that. I love my dogs. I'm just saying that. All right. Score first is what I'm saying. Jeez. Almighty. Okay. They score first more often. You can go to Solomon Brothers, maybe get something a little bit nicer, okay? Because mm, you are yeah, I need that. I need that. a little bit fatter, right? That's all <laughs> I'm saying. Just score first. Everybody is happy. You have a little bit extra spending money. You can head over to Solomon Brothers, two awesome locations. One in Alpharetta, just past the Avalon. The other in Buckhead, 17th floor tower place. Oh, Check man. out the watch selections, okay? The watch selections are fantastic. The jewelry is second to none. The lowest prices on the highest quality jewelry and diamonds guaranteed custom jewelry designs, lifetime diamond upgrades, and beautiful stores with amazing service. At Solomon hey. Brothers on Instagram, SolomonBrothers.com. Mention Punt and Pass. You can get 10% off your jewelry purchase. Do you want the big watch of the week for week eight? I can't believe it's week eight. Dude, let me know. Hey, but, have, hey, but, but before please. you get there, before you get there, when you're going on your rant about the spread, I was dying to myself because I had that video of Biden in my head where he's like, uh, helps everybody, hurts yeah. nobody. <laughs> Come on, man. Helps everybody. Hurts, hurts nobody. nobody. <laughs> that's an amazing meme that's been used for golf oh, Twitter man. accounts and sports Gosh. wagering Twitter accounts. It's hurts nobody. Helps everybody. <laughs> we'll post that on our Instagram. Go check that out. At Punt Pass on Twitter and Instagram. Oh. All right. Big Watch of the Week, Week 8, presented to you by Solomon Brothers. We have some amazing games, okay? A top 10 matchup in the Big Ten. Penn State heads to Ohio State. This game is at noon on Fox. This has college football playoff implications written all over it, all right? Penn State has lost their last six games in Columbus. They haven't won there since 2011. However, however, I believe they're covered the last three. So I like Penn State in that game. We'll talk about more uh, on that this Thursday. The 3.30 game, third Saturday in October, you have Tennessee heading to Alabama. That's going to be an awesome game. Revenge factor for sure. I think the storyline of the quarterbacks, who won't mess up? I think that's the storyline for the quarterbacks, Joe yeah. Milton, Jalen Milrow. That will be a great one that I bet you goes down to the last second. Then what's going on in the Pac-12, man? Utah at USC to round things out on Saturday night. Pretty nice little week eight. Yeah. 
Get on the couch. Check out the Solomon Brothers Big Watch of the Week. Start things off with that Penn State at Ohio State game. Roll right into Tennessee at Alabama. Finish it up with a little Utah at USC. That's the Big Watch of the Week presented to you by Solomon Brothers. All right, Washington and Oregon, we need to talk about this. Your Let's boy Dan Lanning. It. Man, I uh, we were able to watch a lot of that game. And that what what uh, an amazing college football game. Awesome game. Washington awesome. wins 36 to 33. Awesome for the Pac-12. Uh terrible for Oregon, man. I mean, like it it, it wasn't a chip shot by any means, but uh 100% makeable field goal there at the end. Um you can't help but think about the two goal to go goal to go situations that Oregon had. Um, where they go for it on fourth down and don't convert um, when they could have kicked two field goals and oh. now they're up by six. And How do you pass that up on the road? How do you pass up points on the road? That That's just my question there. I, I don't know. I get you want to be aggressive. I get you want to set the tone. How do you pass up points on the road, well, Jake? So the I 100% get, hey, we're an aggressive team. That That's our MO. That's our identity. I get it. I get it. Um, but there's a, there is also something to think about the the team morale, the vibes, how everybody's feeling on the sideline going into halftime. They had that one right before halftime uh, to go for it. Like you kick a field goal at halftime, everybody's vibing, everybody's feeling good, feeling good about themselves. Like nothing, you know. On the flip side, if they convert and get that touchdown, everybody's even that more hype. But if you don't get it, then everybody's ah, we just missed out on a on a, on a big play. Uh, everybody's feeling down a little bit, you know, like whether we left some plays out there. So to me, it's, it's kind of a, a you got to feel the game out. You got to be in that situation. Um, but it's tough, man. It's a tough one for Oregon. And they, they're about to go through the gauntlet. And I, I think they're going to be able to fight and battle their way through it. But uh, they're going to have to uh, toughen up and we're going to see what they're made of uh, the rest of these couple of weeks. Yeah, no doubt about it. They had every chance to win that game late. Uh, they came yep. storming back as well. I mean, I was sitting there watching. I was like, what? They showed a ton of character. Bo Nix, no quitting that guy. He had an amazing press conference on Sunday or Monday, kind of explaining his thought process just around how he goes through a loss like that and what kind of toll it takes on him and his mentality. It was really fascinating to listen to. I mean, I know the guy's been in college for what seems like 10 years, but you can't discount his maturity in that spot. Michael Penix Jr., Washington quarterback, seems like right now he is by far and away the Heisman front runner. That was a Heisman moment for him to kind of withstand, uh, you know, Oregon's hit after hit in that amazing rivalry. A great way to go out in the Pac-12 version of that rivalry. Both those teams are heading to the Big Ten next season. But don't look past Oregon, man. They, they've got everything right out in front of them. You know, the Pac-12, they're going to have an opportunity to possibly find their way into the Pac-12 title game later on in the season. Washington has to go through the gauntlet as well. Pac-12 might eat themselves alive, but you've got to take the points on the road. I get it. You want to be aggressive. You want to set the tone. Come on, man. Hurts nobody. Helps everybody. Everybody. (laughs) Just take the points, dude. Washington wins 36 to 33. In the same vein. We'll stay out West Friday night, watching a little college football. It's getting late. Had a glass of wine, getting a little sleepy on the couch at 29, nothing Colorado at half. I'm going to go to sleep, wake up Saturday morning, get my girls out of bed. We're going to go get some donuts, turn the TV on sports center. Colorado loses 
46 to 43 in double overtime. I couldn't believe what I was looking at. I had to get my phone out, had to say, was something wrong? How on earth does Colorado blow a 29 point lead at halftime to lose to Stanford? And then when you look at what they did in the second half, they're throwing the ball, they're not taking care of clock management. It was crazy how bad Colorado mismanaged that second half to lose 46 to 43 in double overtime after having a 29 to nothing lead at halftime, Jake. Gosh, I don't know, man. What what's worse? Being up 29 zip at half and losing or losing the game the way Miami did against Georgia Tech? Oh, it, it, that's a great question. I would have to say Miami because you have the game won. I mean, the game is yeah. over. The game is done if you just take a knee. But the 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 Colorado thing, and then Dion like deflecting blame to his yeah. players post game, like that's so classic. Yeah, not 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 a great look. I mean, you got to take ownership on that. I mean, dude, you're 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 the guy. You're up twenty nine to zero. You you got to just just walk out of that one with a win. It doesn't matter how sloppy the second half is. You got to win that football game. So I mean, I think one receiver had two over two hundred and fifty something yards. In, yeah, in Alec, the second half alone. Yeah, Alec Ayomanor. He had zero catches in the first half of the game. Zero receptions for zero yards in the first half of the game against Colorado. He finished with 13 catches, 294 yards, wow. and three touchdowns. That's unbelievable. I mean, that's that wow. is so improbable in the world of college football today. I just I can't wrap my head around that. It's absolutely wild. Colorado loses a game that they absolutely should have won. Big props to Stanford for staying in the fight. That's a huge kind of program-changing win for them as they're going through yeah. a lot of change with a new head coach this year. So hats off to those boys. No quit in them for sure. And uh, Colorado back to the drawing board, no doubt about it. Yeah, yeah. They uh, they got to get going. They got to find some wins. Uh, it looks like it's going to be tough to win uh, out in the Pac-12 this year. Yeah, no doubt about that. USC laying a dud against mm. Notre Dame. Notre Dame beats Southern Cal 48 to 20. Caleb Williams, three interceptions in the first half. We said it last Thursday, weather could be dicey. I think Notre Dame's defense could get after USC. I don't know if USC's offense was ready to kind of take on the physicality of Notre Dame, and all that turned out to be very true. Caleb Williams' Heisman campaign, done. USC's national championship hopes, done. Wow, I, I did not expect forty-eight to twenty with that amount of turnovers from USC. Yeah, like I, I, I expected Notre Dame to win this football game, but not in that fashion. Yep. Um, I mean, that, that was pretty dominating fashion. Um, just looks like USC is just. I mean, they they got a long way to go to really compete week in and week out on that level. Um, I'm just just curious, just throwing the question out there. I mean, is this is this hurt Caleb Williams' draft stock at all? It's a great question. I don't think so. I mean, how much raw talent he has. I mean, the guy can sling it. He can get yeah. outside the pocket. You know, is there something to be said for quarterbacks who've been coached by Lincoln Riley and how they translate into the NFL? I think you could definitely make that case. That's Kyler Murray. That's Baker Mayfield. That's maybe one other. I'm not sure if I'm missing another one there, but you could definitely make that argument. System quarterback can't translate to the NFL. Having a game like that, I think all quarterbacks have that game. Now, I don't know about three interceptions in a half, but all quarterbacks kind of go through that rut. Yeah. Um, and I think NFL scouts will definitely look past 
a performance like that. Um, but Notre Dame had their number. That's a huge win for Notre Dame. I was saying, I was Big saying, win. I didn't know if they had enough gas. Four straight primetime games. They're heading into a bye week as well. They already have two losses, but huge win for them. You feel bad for USC, or maybe you don't. It seems like that defense finally got exposed and uh, tough sledding for them to make it to the college football playoff. No doubt about it. All right, let's go uh, rapid fire on the SEC real quick. LSU 48 to 18 against Auburn. I thought that game would be way closer. Jaden Daniels continues to put up some gaudy stats. LSU just so inconsistent this year. It's crazy, Jake. Yeah, I talked to my brother about that one. Uh, just just tough. Um, they just, you know, it's it's obviously, you know, they have trouble scoring points anyway. Um, and then when, you know, when, when defense doesn't play well, it, you just kind of you, – you put an offense that isn't ready to score points in a bad, bad position, and then it can get ugly fast. So – um, LSU man had a had a great plan on offense, executed well, and uh, was a fun night. In Death Valley, yeah, no doubt about it. Tennessee twenty to thirteen, they beat Texas A and M. Turnovers galore in this game. A punt return for a touchdown. Ugly, ugly football, but Tennessee stays alive. They beat Texas A and M twenty to thirteen at home, setting up a huge rematch against Alabama coming up this weekend. Alabama sneaks out with a win against Arkansas 24 to 21 the fighting Sam Pittman showing a lot of life I thought they were going to win that game crazy to think Jalen Milrow Jalen Milrow 238 yards and two touchdowns Alabama's offense had the most yards that they've had all season long so it seems like they're finding something with getting the ball vertical throwing it downfield kind of letting Milrow sit back there chuck it deep so to say but also just understanding, hey, we're going to give you as many options possible in the passing game. Great effort by Arkansas. Alabama wins 24-21 to to stay undefeated in the SEC. Florida, we mentioned, beat South Carolina 41-39. to That was a pretty interesting game in the afternoon. Graham Mertz, your boy, Jake, 423 yards and three touchdowns. And then Missouri. We'll end things here. Missouri, Missouri beats Kentucky in Lexington 38-21. to Seems like Mizzou is kind of that one team that's a wild card right now in wild the SEC. Card, sure. They're taking on Georgia the week after the Florida game, and I believe Mizzou is coming off a bye taking on Georgia in Athens. I will check that right now. Your thoughts on Missouri, Jake? Just just kind of watch out for them. They play uh, South Carolina next uh, at home. At yes, and then, and then they do have a bye, and then yep. they go to Georgia. Just, just watch out. I mean, they they got some uh, they got some dudes. They got some good things rolling right now. Um, it's just not a, not a team to to look by to look over. Uh, look, Georgia's got a tough schedule uh, after the bye, so they better uh, they better figure it out uh, over the bye week. Better get some guys healthy. Um, figure out who they are as a team, what their identity is, and, and something to always go back to and hang their hat on, um, because they're gonna have to find ways to win. Um, come later in the year yeah no doubt about it and remember last year against missouri is where georgia almost lost yeah their I only know. game of the season so they will definitely have their radars running wild when the tigers come to town granted they beat if they beat florida down in jacksonville so everything like, as much as we know about teams in college football right now i feel like that bye week is such a critical point in the season because it really is an opportunity to assess who we are what do we do that's good? What do we do that's bad? What can we correct? What do we need to throw out? How do we move on 
to kind of tackle the second half of the season. So you might see some new identity moving forward, especially in a case like Georgia, where they know they're not going to have Brock Bowers for the next couple of weeks. It's just an inflection point in every season. And I always say, you know who you are at this point. Um, and, and I'll end with this. And I want you to tell me if I'm wrong. When I'm watching the Georgia game on Saturday, you and I discussed what the feeling is like 11 a.m. kick Vanderbilt, uh, small crowd. You know, we never played when the stadium was completely under construction, which was just absolutely wild. <clears throat> just sneezed on air. Thank you very much. Bless you. Thank you, sir. I feel like George is missing an on-field leader, a vocal, emotional, energetic, on-field leader. Now, you've said this to me in previous episodes. If there's nobody on the team, somebody should not fake it and act like that's who they are because they know there's a void. If they just simply don't have one, I think that's very interesting. But there are times in a game, and I, and I point to the slow start at Vanderbilt, to where I don't see anybody stepping up in that role for Georgia, either on the offense or the defensive side of the ball. I think it also shows in how Kirby Smart talks about the team or talks to the team in post-game press conferences. You see his mannerisms on the sideline. It's just different. I don't know if that's a good thing. I don't know if it's a bad thing, but I honestly do feel Georgia is missing that on-field leader this season, and there might just not be one on a team. I don't know. That's just what I see. I, I, I think I see the same thing that you're seeing. Yeah. To, to be honest with you, um, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. To be I determined. To TBD. Um, I just know from years past, my personal experiences, usually the, uh, the best teams have some dudes. You know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, let's just say and Georgia any, lost a lot of dudes. Any, anytime, anytime you talk about a team, what they did, I mean, you just start rattling off names. That guy was a dude. That guy was a player. Roquan, Nicobe, um, you know, Stetson, but Stetson was not the, the raw, raw leadership guy. Like he did it in his own way. Uh, I, I'm trying to think of some other guys just off the top of my head, but so many teams have great leaders that you can just kind of point to Nolan Smith, Nolan Smith. I mean, like, like Nolan Smith was an on field leader so much so that he was out for the season and said, I have to stay around the guys. I have to be that guy in the locker room. I don't see a Nolan Smith on this football team. I don't. Yeah. And I think that could cause some issues when at 1130 AM local time, when Vandy's punching you in the face and you have the scoreboard hanging from a freaking crane, and there's 20,000 people in the stands, you don't have anybody saying, wake up. Coaches can't do it every time. You don't have that guy on the sidelines saying, we need to take control of the situation at hand right now and go handle business. Maybe somebody steps up in that role during the bye week. I don't know. Yeah, I hope I hope it's Carson. hope he steps up. Yeah. Um, He's doing that guy. right now. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, dude, I think Carson's played really well. I mean, by all he, accounts. Yeah. I mean, sure. Has he missed a few? Yes. Any Who quarterback doesn't? at this yes. point in the season has missed a couple throws 100%, but dude, he's, he's playing really well. He's done some really good things. Um, he's got the ball in his hand uh, in the right location at the right time. Um, just can he take that next step as a leader um, to really make a play when a play is needed? That's just, yeah. 
that's just what we're going to need going through in this uh, these last couple of weeks and, and through that gauntlet stretch. I agree. I think Jamon Demos Johnson is close on the defensive yeah, side of the ball. I think, I think so. Javon Bullard is close on the defensive side of the ball. These guys are still young, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're finding their way to how to deliver their message of being that on-field leader. Okay, I'm not talking about play. Play obviously plays into it. I'm talking about emotional communicator, get the guys going, get everybody right type of leader, which every team needs. So we'll be interested to see. We will be interested to see. This is it, man. Bye week coming up. Got to take account. Got to take account. Get everything in the books and see how you can get rolling towards the second half of the season. Second half of the season means the holidays are right around the corner. Be sure to head on over to Solomon Brothers Jewelers, family-owned and operated since 1982. Solomon Brothers has the largest diamond and jewelry inventory in the Southeast. The store is for anyone with any budget. Mention Punt and Pass or myself or Jake. Get 10% off your jewelry purchase. Check them out at Solomon Brothers on Instagram, solomonbrothers.com. The biggest selection, the best quality, the lowest prices, and an in-store experience that is totally unmatched. Alpharetta and Buckhead, solomonbrothers.com. Follow us on social media at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Drew Butler. He's at from Jake, puntandpass.com. Jake, the commanders are what, four and three now? Three and three. Any, three and three. Anything on the three way out, man? Nothing, man. It was good to be back in the A, back in the state of Georgia uh, this yeah, weekend. Bro. Even better to come out with a win. So uh, excited to go in this next week, man. The weather is uh, officially turning up here. Uh, leaves are starting to turn real good. Uh, play the Giants next, man. Ooh. Get ready for another week. There you go. Divisional matchup, NFC beast matchup. I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it. All right, my brother. Thank you so much. Have a great week, everybody. And we will talk to you on Thursday. See you. We out. This morning in North Carolina, wheels are spinning. Determination is winning. A passion is now a thriving business, and it shows no signs of slowing down. How? The power of a conversation. Like the one Clint Spiegel had with First Horizon Bank about starting a bike wheel manufacturing facility in Asheville. Now it's not just talk, it's rubber meets road. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com Clint. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. Is there chaos in your closet? Look, blouse, you've got some nerve hanging there like that. I can't help it. I'm jammed in here next to this suit. Hey, I'm a three-piece, all right, which means I need a little more room. You've got a lot of attitude for a linen suit. I'm a polyester blend, sweetheart. There needs to be room for men's clothes, too. Hi, I'm Christina, and in Artisan Custom Closets, we help families organize and simplify their closets with customized storage solutions. See what's possible for your home at artisancustomclosets.com and then call us for a free in-home consultation. 